Hello, and welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Robertson, and I'll be joined on the line later today by Casey Zavaleta. Now, before we jump into this week's show, just want to let you know, my friend, man, it has been a hot minute since we've gotten to chat. Even if you've listened to the last two to three episodes, the way this show works sometimes, in general, I'll try and record all of the interviews, but I like to do this little kind of weekly debrief at the start. I feel like it gives you some unique insight into what I got going on, what my thought process is, and kind of allows me to give a little bit of my own personal flair to the show. But the good people at Audio Adrenaline who help me out with this podcast and they do the editing and clean up and make it sound every bit as sexy as it should, well, they took a vacation. So I had to get a couple episodes together. Couldn't really do that. So we are back. I've got kind of an extended pre-roll this show. I want to talk to you, give you some updates about life, what's been going on, and then we'll jump into the show. Cool. Starting with number one, vacation. Man, I had not had a vacation since last October. It didn't really feel like that, but we went to Disney for Cade's fifth birthday last year in October for fall break. And man, I don't know, like we just decided we didn't want to go anywhere for spring break. We were tired of going to Florida, especially around the breaks because they just hammer you with flights and hotel and everything else. So we were like, no, not going to do it. <laughs> what that ended up doing was we didn't do anything for spring break. We kind of hung out around here, did the staycation. So this vacation was very, very much needed. And it didn't really hit me until about the last week or so before we left. I was just like, man, I'm just tired. Like I need to decompress a little bit. So man, went to Michigan, which we do every year, hit the beach, probably at least three or four days. If you have seen any recent or really ever pictures of me, you realize I'm pretty pasty. So lots of SPF, big hats, getting under a canopy whenever possible. But the kids love the beach. They love the sand. They love the water. So they had a blast. We do one day where we go on this dune buggy ride. Pretty sweet. So we did that. And as you probably should on vacation, I, I generally watched my my breakfast and my lunch. But dinner was basically whatever sounded good maybe an adult beverage or two. So needless to say, it was an awesome vacation. Loved every minute of it, but also ready to get back into the mix when that was over. So had that, another kind of a big deal, at least for me personally, celebrated my 41st birthday. So that was exciting. You know, people would say, oh, you know, what do you want to do? or What do you want to get? Like for me, I really don't need any stuff. Don't need any possessions at this point in time told my wife, you're like, what do I want to do? I want to hang out with you. I want to hang out with the family, you know, find some fun stuff to do. So hung out with the kids most of the day, Saturday, ran around, went to the gym, went to lunch, came back, went out to dinner with Jess Saturday night, had a really awesome meal, went out with some of her friends, watched a band Saturday night. So that was really cool. And then Sunday, just kind of all day, just out and about. We went to brunch. We took the kids hiking for a couple hours, came back, took the kids to the pool, you know, summer is winding down for them, so I'm trying to cram as much fun stuff into the days as possible for them. So, you know, at the end of the day, I feel really lucky because I'm 41. I don't feel it. <laughs> you know, random aches and pains every now and then, which I think is to be expected when you do what I do and you kind of, you know, act a little bit like a meathead still. <laughs> but man, it was great. It was an awesome birthday. Next, we have Summer League. So Summer League was pretty awesome this year. I was absolutely glued to the TV because this was like my NBA season, 
right? I don't work in the NBA, but I work with a lot of guys that are trying to get to that level. So literally almost every game had one of our guys playing in it. And I'm sure I'm going to miss some, but I want to highlight a couple. Keelan Martin playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves absolutely crushed it. I think he might have led their team in scoring and rebounding all while coming off the bench. So hopefully that dude is going to get a deal from somebody here soon because based on his performance, if that doesn't get him a deal, I don't know what will. So he played out of his mind. It was awesome to see him do it. And what's really fun is like being there every day and watching what the work that he does with Joey and seeing him go out and executing those exact same moves and shooting the ball with that level of confidence. That was awesome to see. So Keelan absolutely crushed it. My guy, Dakota Mathias, unfortunately, the Lakers, just stating fact here, this is not opinion. They kind of stunk. They weren't very good in summer league. They were actually, I think, the worst team. But Dakota had a ton of, of interest going in and actually signed a training camp deal with the Dallas Mavericks. That's been announced, so I'm super excited for him. I hope he goes in there and crushes it. Another kid that we worked with this summer, Jarrell Brantley, went in and absolutely was crushing it with Utah. Actually was playing so well, I think he probably might have gotten signed you know, to a full NBA contract or at least some, some semblance of that. Picked up a little bit of an injury in Vegas. But man, that kid was crushing it, and he's got he has got an NBA level body right now. So excited for Jarrell, Juwan Morgan, another kid that we've worked with a fair amount this summer. He's got a training camp deal with the Utah Jazz. Kyrie Thomas from Detroit, he played well. He came in for a week this year. Keita Bates Giap, also playing with the Timberwolves, came in for a week this year. He looked pretty good. So really excited about all those guys. I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to my boy, Glenn Robinson, the third, really excited for this guy, man. Got, you know, a really good deal on a really good situation. Like that's what I'm most excited about for him. I don't think Glenn has ever been in a situation where he can show, you know, how skilled he is, how good he's at shooting the ball, how athletic he is, what a great defender he's, he is. And I think he's going to be even better defender this coming year after all the hard work that he's put in. So he got a deal with Golden State. Just love that fit for him and just really excited about that opportunity for him. So when I take a look back at this program that Joey Byrne and I have put together over the last three years, it's been really cool to see the incremental progress because we started with a couple lower tier guys, some developing college guys that first year. And every year we've gotten a couple more guys. We've gotten a little bit higher level talent. We've gotten guys, you know, a little bit further up, you know, kind of in the mix, you know, with Jarrell getting drafted this year, guys getting free agent deals, getting training camp deals. It's just been really exciting. And look, we're probably not going to get a a pure elite level talent to come and hang out in Indianapolis, at least not at this point, for a lot of reasons, right? Mostly being it's Indianapolis. And if you're an elite level talent, you want to be somewhere nice and warm, Miami, LA, you know, somewhere it's beautiful year round and I get that. But at the same time, it's been really cool to see the evolution and the growth of our program over the last couple of years. And I'm just really excited to see where it takes us from here on out. Number four, the certification. And man, this is like <laughs> the the process that just continues and continues and continues. So obviously the videos are shot and done. My guy Paul is chopping them up, making them look beautiful right now. Now I get to work on all the ancillary material. And if you saw all the extra stuff that I'm putting into this course, I think you would absolutely be blown away because there's going to be videos. We're going to have audio 
versions. So once you watch them once, if you want to listen to it in your car and you want to recap it, you can listen to it again. We're going to have quizzes. We're going to have a forum to where people can interact. I'm going to have all kinds of like downloadable content, like training progressions and regressions, exercise technique checklist, like 15 or 15 to 20 sample programs that you can literally swipe and deploy, put your logo on it, tweak a few things and you'll be off and running. So really, really excited to get this project out there. I'm literally still working on this every free moment of my day, but it's only because I want this to be the best product that you ever purchase in this industry. Like that's my goal. And you know, I'm already thinking about like, as I continue to grow it and evolve it, you know, once you buy it, like you're in, so you're not going to have to buy it again. That's the beauty of it. So I'm already thinking about, okay, how am I going to make it even better? How am I going to continue to evolve it? So once you've invested in this product once, you shouldn't have to invest in it again. So really excited about that. And before we jump into this week's show with Casey, I want to throw my deep thought of the week out to you. And it's really important to me and something I think should be really important to you to tell the people that you love that you love them. And I know this may seem a little bit odd, a little bit off the beaten path for you know the rest of the intro, but with the recent birthday, it reminded me of something that I learned, I think it was probably 10th or 11th grade in high school. I was taking this Native American studies class and the teacher, Mrs. Popovich, she was a little bit out there. She was an interesting bird, but one thing that she always conveyed to us was how kind of backwards the traditional American birthday is. Because in our culture, in traditional American culture, when it's your birthday, you people have a party for you and they bring you presents and, you know, whatever. Well, in Native American culture, it's actually the exact opposite. And I think this is so intriguing. So instead of your friends taking you out to dinner and you them buying you gifts, you take all your friends out to dinner and you buy them gifts and you tell them how important they are to you. You tell them how impactful they've been on your life. And that's something that's always resonated with me. And I don't know if I've always acted on it, but something I definitely tried to do this year was reach out to people that, you know, whether personally, professionally, people that have an impact on me. And I think one thing you recognize as you get older is, man, I'd like to think when I was younger, high school, college, I was a pretty popular person. Not that that's like something I hang my hat on, but man, I had plenty of people that I would consider friends or probably more specifically, I had a lot of people I would consider good acquaintances, right? I was friendly with them. And as you age, obviously the social circle gets smaller, right? It's just a byproduct of life. You know, you get kind of set in your routines. You've got work, you've got family, you've got your, you know, extracurricular activities. So just as a result, you're surrounded by very kind of the same people for extended periods of time. And that's okay. So, you know, if that's the case, just make sure that the people that are impactful to you and that do mean a lot to you, that they know that. So that was something I really tried to make a real effort to do this year was reach out to, you know, that really tight inner fabric, those people that are really impactful to me personally and professionally, and just let them know, man, I love you. I appreciate you. And thank you for everything that you've done to help me be successful and to give me, whether it's a platform to, to build from, whether it's support, or sometimes it's just like a shoulder to lean on. You know, sometimes things aren't always puppies and balloons. So it's nice to have people like that in your life that you can trust, 
that you can count on and that will support you in everything that you do. So that's my message for today. Never wait too long. Make it happen right now. Tell the people in your life that you love that you love them. So with that being said, quick note coming up about the complete coach certification, and then we'll jump into this week's show with Casey. It seems like every day I talk to a young trainer or coach who is frustrated. Maybe they're frustrated with the results they're getting. Maybe they're frustrated because they don't have trusted resources to learn from. And maybe they're frustrated because they simply don't have enough clients and wonder how long they'll be able to stay in our industry. So if this sounds anything like you, I've got something that I know will help. My Complete Coach Certification was created for trainers and coaches just like you, who are serious about the results they get and know that becoming a better trainer or coach can directly translate to a bigger bottom line. This certification is gonna take the last 20 years of my life's work and put it all into one massive course. In it, you'll learn how to use the R7 system to create seamless, integrated, and efficient programs for clients and athletes of all shapes and sizes. How to create the culture, environment, and relationships with everyone you train so you can get the absolute best results and the exact progressions, regressions, and coaching cues I use in the gym, from squatting and deadlifting to pressing and pulling and everything in between. Of course, there's a ton more that I cover, but that should give you a pretty good idea of what the certification is all about. Now here's the thing, spots for the certification will open twice per year for a limited time only. If you're interested in learning more, my next certification will launch in September. And if you join my free insiders list, you'll be able to save $200 off the standard price when it opens. To get on the insiders list, head over to completecoachcertification.com. Again, completecoachcertification.com, and then stay tuned for our launch emails that'll be coming very soon. Thanks so much for your support, and I hope you'll pick up a copy of the Complete Coach Certification when it launches. Casey Zavaleta is a functional strength coach at All Day Fit, a personal training gym based out of Toronto, Canada. Prior to her time there, Casey also worked for Toronto FC of the MLS and received a double major in neuroscience and dance from Indiana University. I originally crossed paths with Casey a few years back while training her husband, Eric. She was always great to chat with, and I loved how focused she was on continuing education and becoming a better trainer and coach. In this show, Casey and I talk about a ton of topics, starting with why women, quote, aren't just tiny men, unquote, how to help your new clients build ownership over their training, the diet culture we're wrapped up in and how to repair your relationship with food, how she explains stress to her clients and athletes, and why she recently started her own podcast. This is a really great episode and one I think you're going to take a ton of practical information away from. But enough for me. Let's do this. Casey, thanks so much for coming on the show here today. Super excited to chat with you. Could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Yes. I'll start with my education. So I have a background in neuroscience and dance. I went to Indiana University. Yeah, interesting little combo there, but I love both and I couldn't give one up. So I decided to study both. I was fortunate enough to get a full ride academic scholarship to Indiana University. I loved being a student and I, I learned a lot there. But when I graduated, which I think is typical of lots of students. I didn't actually know what I wanted to do. Right. 
So it was kind of a, it was an interesting thing. My husband plays professional soccer, major league soccer, and he had just gotten traded to Toronto when I graduated. So I decided to move to Toronto with him. I knew he was my person. So <laughs> I came and moved to Toronto and I, I got a position with Toronto FC in their department of high performance. So it was a really cool job and it did integrate some of the things that I had learned in school with neuroscience. We were basically doing cognitive assessments on the academy okay. um, at Toronto FC. So they have a, a whole academy of players. So from ages 10 up to high school age, up to professional age. And we were doing, we were working on things like their speed of processing, visual perception, trying to, we were basically trying to parse out what are the things off the field? What are those mental things, those cognitive aspects that make someone able to become a pro? Yeah. So we were trying to profile the players um, and figure out what are these things, what are these mental aspects that we want to work on to make to give the players an edge beyond just the physical side. Sure. So that was a super interesting position and I loved it. But while I was there, I was kind of going on my own fitness journey and discovering where fitness fit in my own life mm -hmm. personally. So I decided to move on from that and get my personal training certification. So now I'm a functional strength coach in Toronto with an awesome company called All Day Fit. We work with people of all ages, all backgrounds, all physical backgrounds, but a lot of women. Mm -hmm. And it's been it's been amazing. It's been an absolutely transformative journey. I've learned so much in the world of fitness, but also now nutrition and health. So it's it's been interesting to sort of integrate all of these things. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, into into where I am now. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. And what originally got you into like working out? I know I think you were a dancer growing up, so I'm assuming that was definitely mm -hmm. a part of it, right? Yeah. So I've always loved movement. Right. I've always loved dancing and expressing myself through movement. But what I didn't understand while I was a dancer was how to move properly. Mm -hmm. So it was actually Eric, my husband, <laughs> that got me into, you know, go figure, uh, that got me into fitness originally. So I started, you know, I started trying workout classes and things. And I, I realized that I didn't know how to move well. I didn't understand the mechanics of the body for as much as I loved movement. Mm. So once I started to learn more about it, when I was a dancer, I had a lot of lower back pain, a lot of knee pain, and I, I didn't know where it was coming from. I didn't know where it originated from. And as I learned more about the body and about moving properly, those things went away. Hmm. So I realized that there was, something, there was something in movement that I was missing. And so I started to become really interested in functional movements, what are the movement patterns in the body? What things need to be strengthened? How do I brace my core properly? I mean, right. I, it's, it's crazy to think about because I danced for so many years, but I actually did not know those basic things. So that was sort of, and then, you know, I, when I discovered strength training, I think that it was very empowering for me to feel strong for the first sure. time in my life. That's cool. That's very cool. So you're finishing up school, you go through, you know, the whole Toronto FC thing. Talk to me about your position now and maybe just give us a little insight as to what like your day-to-day -day looks like. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I'm a functional strength coach with All Day Fit. So I have a bunch of clients, personal training clients that I work with. That's anywhere from two to four or five times a week, depending on the client. And then we also, I'm also part of a program that we call Strong Academy, which okay. is a group 
class, but we like to think of it as a hybrid between group fitness classes and personal training. So it's a three-month program that we have clients come into. They are following three, four-week programs, and we teach them the basics of strength training, of fundamentals, of following a program, of progressive overload, these important concepts, you know, the squatting, hinging, pushing, pulling, properly bracing your core, breathing, these things that a lot of us don't know, and a lot of people that are attending group fitness classes don't realize. Sure. Um, So there's a huge education component to that. So we have a couple of hours of that that I run. And then beyond that, it's podcasting. Yeah. I started a podcast a couple of months ago. And, you know, it's just been really fun to kind of dive into that and, and build a little bit of a brand around that. I yes. feel like I have a, a mission emerging and a voice that's emerging since I started the podcast. So that's been really fun. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Sounds like you're definitely keeping busy. But (laughs) one thing I would love to know, because I know, like you said, coming up as a dancer, working with this blend of men and women, but primarily women, I'd love to know your thoughts on the biggest differences you find personally between training men and women. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really passionate about this topic. It was put to me recently that women are not just tiny men. (laughs) So we need to stop thinking of them that way. I like that. We're inherently different. Yeah. And it really, it's really based on our hormones. So males follow a 24 hour hormonal cycle. When they sleep, they generate testosterone and HGH in their sleep. And so then when they wake up, those levels are highest and they sort of tail off throughout the day until 5 p.m. when they're a little bit lower. And then the whole thing resets the next day. For women, we go through, we have so like a somewhere between a 24 to 35 day hormonal cycle. Sure. We go through four distinct phases of our hormone levels and hormone balances throughout the month. So you know, there's a stereotype that women are much less predictable than men. (laughs) It's true. There's something to that. And I think that, you know, I think we need to kind of embrace that and understand that we have these phases of the month and those affect our training. So there are going to be different times of the month when we feel stronger, more energetic, when we can push harder and it's good for our bodies to do that. And then there are other times of the month when we're not going to feel that way. So And we're going to, you know, we're going to feel like we need to rest and recover and be a little bit more reflective and quiet. And that's okay, too. And so I think when we start to understand these four phases, there's a lot of self-compassion for a woman and understanding that if she follows the same four-week strength program as a man, she may not progress the same way just because her body is not the same as a man's body. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it's interesting because a lot of the the early research that was done in strength training and early bodybuilding days, it was done by men for men based on men. You yeah. know, this this concept of progressive overload and it, it just doesn't apply to women in the same way. So, you know, I'm, I've really become passionate about educating women about that and yes. understanding their bodies and the different phases. And yeah, just like I said, being a little bit compassionate with themselves and in, in that. Yeah, it's so interesting that you mentioned that because I don't train as many women now as I have in the past, but I was sitting in, this was years ago, at one of the old Seattle Sounders, they did like their sports science courses and they had a guy in from USA Field Hockey and he would talk about how when he was working with the women, you know, like there's obviously one week out of that month 
they're not going to be able to train at a high level. And so mm-hmm. he took that into account. He would taper their load and he would just kind of let them know, look, either before or after this, we're probably going to push. But that week, so he basically tapered their training month around that week and then he planned everything else accordingly. So I always thought that was That's really amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is so cool. That's so progressive of him. I actually had never heard of, of anyone actually doing that in yeah. such a formal way, but that's incredible. Yeah, very cool. So, you know, we were emailing before the show and one thing that you were talking about that I absolutely loved was this idea of focusing more on how you want to feel versus how you want to look. So, like I said, I love that thought process, but could you explain that in a bit more depth? Mm-hmm. For a long time, I was very motivated to work out because of extrinsic factors, mostly the size and shape of my body. Mm-hmm. So it was based on this end goal of trying to lose weight or build muscle or whatever it may be. And it left me so out of touch with what my body actually needed. It actually left me very unhealthy. My energy levels were very low. I was malnourished. I was overtraining. I just wasn't feeling good. And so, you know, I think that I've been on sort of this journey into understanding more that when I lead with how I feel and what my body needs and thinking about how my body is responding to the workouts that I'm doing, how I'm nourishing my body and what's my nutrition and digestion like, how energized do I feel on a certain day? What's my mood? All of these things. When I lead with that, I feel much better. And my health has improved so much because of it. Hmm. So I really think that it's important to tune in to those signals that our bodies are sending us. And, you know, many of us are just so out of tune. You ask someone, how's your digestion? And they can't even answer that question. They don't know how their digestion is because they're just not even considering it. They're eating what they think they're supposed to be eating or what someone's told them they're supposed to be eating or how much someone else has told them they're supposed to be eating. And they're not really thinking about how does that make them feel? Mm -hmm. And your body's smart. You know, our bodies are, are smart with all of these things. It's very intuitive. Your body will tell you what it needs at any given time if you learn to dial in and actually listen. Yeah. So I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because I actually wanted to talk to you about this in a little bit more depth. So we have those clients. A lot of times they're like former athletes or they're people that have worked out and have maybe slipped. They're generally a little bit easier to get them dialed back in, right? Like, what do you do? What are your strategies for that person that maybe comes to you? They're 35, 40 years old. They've never been an athlete. They've never worked out. They just know they should do something. How do you help Mm -hmm. that person start to kind of figure out, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's harder when you've not, you don't have that athletic background and you've never tried to listen to those signals that your body's sending you. I think that the most important thing with any client that walks in the gym is to meet them where they're at. Mm -hmm. So with that person, I'm not putting them on a really intense three day week strength training program and talking to them about nutrition and trying to fix their sleep and all (laughs) of these things, you know, that I, that I want to talk about eventually, but they're just not there. They're not ready for it. They're going to become overwhelmed. So I think it's about meeting them where they are, talking about all of these different pieces of the puzzle because they all matter. And just sort of, you know, in my experience as a coach, it's about deciding, okay, what are the one or two things that we're going to consistently get better at? And once that's a habit and once they feel that they have ownership over those things, and, you know, like I said, it, it may be something in the gym. 
and it may be just getting them to their workouts three times a week. Or it might be something like, let's start sleeping seven or eight hours a night because you're only getting six and that's not enough for you. So it, it could be a whole variety of things, but let's dial into those one or two things and get really good and really consistent of them so that we have that solid base. And then let's talk about the next stuff. And, you know, I think you're talking about how do you get people to start reflecting? I just ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Yes. Every time, every time a client comes into the gym, I'm asking them about a couple things. So I'm asking them about how they slept the night before and how many hours they got. I'm talking to them about their nutrition and how they feel like they fueled their body for their workout. I might talk to them about their mental alertness for that day, their energy level. So I'm starting to bring up these things and we're starting to dive in and I'm just asking. And if they don't know how many hours they slept the night before, well, the next time that they come into the gym and I ask them again, they better know, right. you know? So it's just starting to ask people the questions that matter and getting them to reflect a little bit. That's such a great point. It's helping them build their own self-awareness. You know, they don't they don't know. Like that's why they came to you. They don't know what foods to eat. You know, they don't know how to train. They don't know how much sleep is enough. They may have heard, but they don't really know. So mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. That question and answer process and that dialogue is such a key piece early on of just helping people become a a more aware human as to mm -hmm. how they're feeling on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's so easy to be lost in all of these things and all of the information that we're, you know, inundated with on a daily basis through social media, news, magazines, all of these things, your friend telling you what worked for them. Mm -hmm. So I think people just feel very lost about sifting through the good information versus the bullshit. Mm -hmm. And to have someone give them very simple steps to follow, I think is a massive relief for a lot of people. Yeah, that's, you, we are their filter early on, mm -hmm. you know, because they don't have that and they shouldn't. They're not yeah. experts in this area. So new girl comes to you, wants to lose weight. What does a typical training day look like? Or where do you even start with that client? Mm -hmm. So like I said, I, I, you know, I would treat it the same way and I would start looking at all of these other lifestyle factors and all of these things that are going on. But as far as a program goes in the gym, I'm, my style is functional strength training. Yeah. So I am always going to teach someone good mechanics. Do you have a good, good squat pattern, good hinging, good pulling and pushing? Can you brace your core? What's your breath like? So those are the things that I'm working with with anybody that walks in the gym and starts working with me. Um, I think if someone does have a goal of weight loss, you know, as a coach, I support any goal that someone walks in with. I'm always going to help them see the bigger picture. I mean, we're always going to do it in a way that's sustainable and healthy for them, but I'm there to support them in whatever their goal may be. So I think maybe the difference between me and other trainers is that we're not going to be doing a lot of cardio, even if their goal is to lose weight. So we're going to be focusing on the strength training. We're going to be building muscle because, you know, building muscle, it will rev up your metabolism. That is going to lead to those, those more sustainable results that they're looking for. Doing a bunch of bouts of cardio just isn't sustainable for someone. Personally, my philosophy as a coach is when someone walks out of the gym, I want them to have had a positive experience so that they feel excited and motivated to come back. I don't want them to walk out of the gym thinking, oh man, that was so hard. I can't believe I have to do that again in a couple days. Or they, you know, when they wake up in the morning, they're dreading, oh, I have to go work out. 
because it was so challenging. Mm -hmm. I want someone to feel like this process is sustainable so that they can do it for years and years and years. You know, we're never chasing fast results. We're, we're chasing those sustainable habits. So, and I love that answer and I agree a hundred percent. Do you ever get blowback on that though? Like, do you ever get some woman that comes to you? And it might be hard because you guys have such a strong social media presence. And I feel like you guys put like this this awesome environment and culture. And I feel like if somebody watched your Instagram or Cassie's Instagram or like the All Day Fit crew, like you would know what you're getting into, right? But do you ever have a woman comes in and it's like, oh, I heard great things. Oh, wait, you don't do cardio? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, do you ever get blowback from that? And if so, how do you deal with that? Yeah, 100%. I think... A lot of people have this perception that they need to be completely spent, flat on their back, heaving it, you know, mm-hmm. after their workout for it to have been an effective workout. So there's an education component there for sure. And, you know, we're not we're not going to give you a, a workout that makes you feel completely spent. I think that for the people that have come in with that idea in their head and they're searching for that and they think that they need to be doing 30 minutes of cardio a day to achieve the results. Um, I think that if they stick with us long enough, they start to realize how much better they feel, how much stronger they feel, how much better they're moving by the methods that we use and they still start to see the results. They're still getting to their results. They're just feeling way better doing it. Mm -hmm. So I think you know, we're always talking about these things. We're always talking about the concepts, but it's one thing to say it. And it's another thing for someone to really get it and yep. understand it and have understood it for themselves. So I think that, you know, we have a very high client retention rate, which works very well in our favor yeah. because after that year, you look back and you think, oh, I get it. I feel better now. I look the way I want to look now. Maybe I, you know, my energy is better. I'm sleeping better. I have a better grasp on nutrition. I'm not stressing out about foods. I get it. Right. I feel better. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah, it takes time though. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Time and education. You yeah. know, you don't always you don't always understand that when you get into this industry. But the longer you're here, you the more you realize how important educating somebody is. Yeah, so, for sure. Something I know that is near and dear to your heart, and something that you actually just mentioned is this concept of repairing your relationship with food. So really two questions here. First off, what does that mean? And second, how do you go about doing it? Or how do you go about helping a client repair their relationship with food? Yeah, so this is a really complicated topic, but it it comes down to the fact that we're surrounded by diet culture. Mm-hmm. So many of us have, and especially women, but it can definitely exist with men too, but we often have a lot of fear and guilt and shame surrounding certain foods. And we'll, we have restrictive tendencies without even realizing it. So we think that we need to cut back on certain things because that's the, the language that's being used. Mm-hmm. In a lot of groups of women, it's either they're on the diet or they're off the diet. Food can become very transactional. So you ate something, a certain thing, you had pizza the night before maybe, if that's a trigger food for you. And so you feel like you need to make up for it in the gym the next day, or you feel like you have to eat really, really well to make up for it the next day. So we're thinking about food in this way that just creates a lot of preoccupation with it and a lot of fear surrounding the foods. So this is certainly not an easy thing for people to start to repair. And I've been on quite a journey to do it for myself. 
But I think the first thing is awareness. So understanding how you're thinking about food um, and are you afraid of certain foods? Are you thinking about it in this transactional way? And then, you know, the goal is to release that fear and understand that if you have ice cream once, it's not going to hurt you. It's, it's, you know, it's going to be, your body's going to be fine. Right. It's about consistency. So what are you doing? What are you eating for lunch every day? Not what did you have one time at a birthday party? So that consistency is the most important thing and just sort of releasing that fear around certain things. And then there's another component to this where food is, we're meant to enjoy food. Food is meant to be satisfying. So if you're constantly restricting yourself or even just a little bit restricting yourself, holding back, not eating quite as much as maybe your body wants to eat, you're you're not going to feel satisfied. You're not enjoying your food. Your body is going to rebel or your mind is going to rebel. And that may be where you see some of the more like binging tendencies, you know, some of those things that come up. So the ultimate goal with this is to help people understand that there is a way to find what we call food freedom, where you're not preoccupied and you're not feeling obsessed about food all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. It just reminds me of, you know, John Berardi back in the day, I mean, this is probably 10, 15 years ago now, just talking about, are you eating well about 90% of the time? Mm. And if you yeah. are, you're probably going to be fine. You know, the the pizza that you had on Friday night or the ice cream you had or the glass of wine, that's not going to like destroy your your progress. But, you know, it's, it's just such a big deal, like you said. And it's something Steve Calarco talked about on this show a couple weeks, a couple months ago. But this idea of, Food is meant to be enjoyed, like you said, and it's meant to be something that brings us together, like mm-hmm. culturally with our friends, with our family, with our loved ones. And I think when you start to think in that way, it really changes how you start to think about food as a whole. Yeah, definitely. There's a, a study that was done where they looked at how your body responds when you're enjoying the food that you're eating or when you're, I guess, not afraid of the food that you're eating. And your body actually digests things better when you are, like you're saying, in that situation where you're with family and friends and you're sharing a meal together and it's this really like feel good experience. It doesn't matter what's, what exactly is on the plate, what macros are there. It's you're enjoying that food. Your body will actually receive that food, digest it and use it much better Hmm. than if you're afraid of that food that you're eating and you're feeling guilty and you're counting bites or nervous about how much or, you know, all of these crazy things that go through our head. But when you're just there with the food in that good mental place, your body handles it better. That's crazy. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. Super interesting. Yeah, Yeah, very much so. So last but not least, kind of bring this full circle. We talk training, we talk nutrition. Let's talk a little bit about stress. And this is something that we have to discuss all the time with our clients, with our athletes. So I'm interested, how do you explain stress to your clients as well as the impact that it's going to have on their body? Stress is huge. If there's one thing that I believe for my clients affects their workouts and their performance the most, it's stress. And it's interesting because we're all so used to it. Mm -hmm. We're so conditioned to be in this state of constant stress that we just think, "Eh, I'm fine, you know, I'm handling it, I'm managing it without realizing the effect that it's really having on our bodies. 
Our nervous system has two sort of channels, is what I like to think about. So one is the sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight nervous system. And that's where our body exists when we're in a state of stress. So when we're, in, when we're stressed, cortisol is released in our body and we're in this sort of fight or flight mode. That's great for performing. It's great during workouts. It's great when you have a speaking engagement, something like this, a podcast. Great. I want myself to be in a sympathetic nervous system to be able to perform and have that sort of mental alertness to do that. But then there's this other channel, which is your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest system. And this is where we recover. This is where we actually reap the benefits of our training, where our body is able to take the food that we've ingested and build muscle and nourish our bodies. If we're constantly in this fight or flight state, we're never going to be maximizing the things that we're doing in the gym and our workouts. You're just yeah. not going to progress. Yep. And I think that people don't really understand that, that the importance of slowing down, of quieting the mind, um, you know, things like yoga and meditation are great for this, even just sitting and taking a couple of breaths. But genuinely de-stressing our bodies is the best way to actually see results from the hard work that you're putting in in the gym. I just read Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Oh, lately. yeah. Fantastic yeah. book. Great book, but I, you know, it's, it talks about how all of these things, cancer, heart disease, depression, shorter lifespan, they're all linked to stress over the course of a lifetime. And I just, you know, I'm really passionate about helping people understand that because I just don't think people really understand because they just think I'm fine. I'm a high functioning person. I'm good with, I'm good with the stress. I can right. handle it. And it's just, you don't realize the effect that it's having on your body. What I tend to find too is people that that might say things like that, they are fine until life hits the emergency brake, you know? So it's like, yeah, they are functioning and they can for long, maybe even long periods of time, perform at a very high level at work, in the gym, crush themselves, sleep five hours. But those are the people that I feel like always end up having major life episodes, whether so it's- true you know, something that has to do with orthopedic injury or autoimmune. Like these are the things that sometimes it's very blatant and obvious. And sometimes, you know, it's 10 years down the line and you're in your doctor's office and you get bad news. So that's where that's you're so true. It, yeah. You're absolutely right. And I always try and explain to the people that I work with, look, I'm all for training hard and I get that, but what can you recover from? That's mm -hmm. the most important thing. What can you recover from? And if we can answer that question, then we can really try and lay out the best program for you going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point. Often those people, that your body will stop you. Yes. Hit a wall. Yes, Yeah. absolutely. All right, big question time. If you could alter mm -hmm. the space-time continuum and give young Casey Zavaleta one piece of advice about training and or life, what would it be? I would say, I would tell myself to communicate more, to okay. be, to share more to be more open. I'm naturally sort of a guarded person. I hold things close to my heart. Mm -hmm. But in the last couple of years, I've really found an amazing community, an amazing fitness community through All Day Fit. And now I'm sharing a lot more through the podcast and on social. And it's just amazing when you, when you share your experiences and you put things out into the world, that good energy and love comes right back to you. For sure. So a big part of me wishes that I had understood that earlier 
But yeah, that's that's the advice I would give myself. I love it. I love it. All right. Last but not least, we've got our lightning round. So four fairly short questions, but your answer can be as short or as long as you'd like. Okay. Okay. All right. Number one, I can't wait for this one. What's the best (laughs) and worst part about being married to a pro soccer player? Uh, (laughs) That's a good one. Best part is getting to watch my husband succeed and thrive on a big stage. There's something that's really exciting and fun about that. And I watch the daily work that goes into it, the daily work, the off-season work, which you know about. He's Mm -hmm. trained with you in the off-season. And all of that and then getting to see it all come together in front of a big crowd and that, you know, in that big game, it's it's just fun. It's fun to be a part of and it's fun to watch. It's a pretty cool job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the worst part is it's very unpredictable. Yes. You know, from everything from you could get injured tomorrow and not play anymore to oh, we could be asked to move at any time. So yes. next week he could get traded and we could be off to a new city and our life would be uprooted. So there's something very exciting about that and that, you know, that his career is the reason that I came to Toronto, which is a city that I have absolutely fallen in love with. But that unpredictability is definitely a challenge. It's always kind of kind of looming in the background. Yeah, I can imagine that would be tough. I never thought of it like that, but Mm -hmm. absolutely. I can totally see that. Okay, number two, I know you're really big into continuing education. What's your favorite book or maybe course that you've taken in the last year? I am. I think continuing education is the most important thing that people can do for themselves to keep that passion and drive alive in whatever it is that they're doing. I'll definitely be a lifelong student. As far as a course, anybody that's in Toronto or traveling to Toronto, I always steer them to a company called DTS Fitness Education. Their courses have been absolutely amazing in shaping me as a coach and a trainer. The one that I took most recently was their barbell strength certification. And, you know, the the way that they deliver information is amazing, but I think it also taught me about being succinct as a coach and coaching cues that are really effective and starting to really consider how can I say less and have more of an effect. Yes. So that that was really a very good course. Would definitely recommend that to everyone. Yeah, I, that's what I would say. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And if you're listening and you haven't read Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, I think that needs to be on every coach's nightstand at some point. It's a it's a good book. Yeah, so, it's a great one. Number three, I'm really excited to hear your response on this too. You recently started your own podcast. So really two-parter here. What prompted you to do that? And what's that experience been like so far? Yeah, I did. So I started it a couple of months ago. And I think... I do social media, but I don't love social media. Yes. I don't feel inherently fulfilled by it. I don't feel like I'm able to get across what I really want to say through it. Mm-hmm. It just there are some people that it comes very naturally to and I'm just not one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep doing it and I'll right. keep working on it cuz it's important. Right. But I was looking for a way to share more. Okay. So, I have all of these clients that I wanted to talk more with about I wanted to share my story with them and I just didn't have the time to do it so I felt like speaking through a podcast and getting to talk to experts in certain fields was an awesome way to do that 
to share a little bit more, which has absolutely turned out to be the case. You know, I've learned so much from having people on the podcast, which has been so fun and opening these conversations about the topics that I really care about with my community and with people has been insanely rewarding. It's been a blast. So the, the whole thing has been great. I feel an a mission, a personal mission emerging from it, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. And that's really exciting. Yeah. You know, it's really fun. Yeah, I love that. It's yeah. we we talked about it before the show, but I think it's it's such a great way for us to expand our own personal networks, but also to expose the people that we do, you know, that follow us or that we would consider our audience to expose them to all these other great minds that are mm-hmm. in this industry. And that's something I always try and push, at least at iFast, is let's not become incestuous in our approach, you know? Just because we think very similarly, that's great, but constantly find other sources of inspiration, learn from other people. So that's very cool. I love it. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, number four, what's next for Casey Zavaleta? What do you got coming up? What are you excited about? Anything? That's a great question. So it's interesting because I've never really had a specific plan for myself. Yeah. I kind of just do what in the moment I'm passionate about and what feels right to me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, right now I'm podcasting, I'm coaching, I'm always trying to be a better coach. I'm building more of an online presence through my podcast, which has been an absolute blast. Beyond that, I don't, I can't tell you for sure. Like I said, I'm going to keep leaning into this mission and sharing and trying to educate people. I foresee trying to put out some sort of more like some sort of program or more tangible information, I guess that in the future. Yeah. But it's kind of a big, we'll see. And I kind of, I kind of like flying that way, you know, cause like I said, our, our life is somewhat unpredictable. Yeah. And I'm open to whatever comes my way. I, I trust myself now and have enough confidence in myself and my abilities that whatever happens, wherever we end up and whatever comes my way, I'll, I'll be fine, you know, yeah. and I'll do what, what feels right to me. And I trust myself enough to, to know that. I love that. I love that. Well, Casey, you've been so amazing to chat with today. Really appreciate your time. Where can my listeners find out more about you and what you have going on? Thanks. So, yeah, this has been a blast. Instagram is the, the easiest way to get in contact with me. My handle is at KCMZav. You can find a link to my podcast website through my bio there. My podcast is called How Do You Feel? And it's about tuning in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset, trying to empower people to gain more awareness and understanding about their bodies so that they can make decisions that are really right for them. Mm-hmm. That podcast can be found on Apple and on Spotify. Cool. Yeah. I'll make sure I put all that in the show notes so people can connect and follow you and see all the great stuff you're putting out. But again, Casey, thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. Thanks, Mike. This was a blast. All right, my friend, that does it for this week's show with Casey. Sincerely hope you enjoyed it. Like I promised up front, I think she's got a ton of great insights and perhaps most importantly, just a ton of practical information that you can take and you can start applying with your own clients, your own athletes starting right now today. 
So I'm going to make a very small ask of you today. If you get a chance, please share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow trainer, a coach, anybody that you think would benefit from Casey's message. So my friend, as always, thank you so much for your support. Love and appreciate you. And we'll be back soon with our next episode. Take care.